It is the most wonderful time of the year for a year that can't end soon enough. We all deserve a win. We all deserve a little extra money in our pocket. And we all deserve to have a little fun. Well, the best place to get all three is mybookie.com. They're the only sports book that doesn't care whether you were naughty or nice this year. They've got gifts for everyone. Bet the NFL, NBA, college football, and more. College basketball, too. Sign up today and receive the ultimate stocking stuffer, a 50% deposit bonus up to $1,000. That's a great place to start, but we all know Christmas is about what's under the tree. And at MyBookie, that means huge deposit bonuses, epic giveaways, and free contests. It's simple. Sign up, enter promo code ZABE, and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Head over to MyBookie to make the most of the holidays this year and strut into 2021 with cash in your pocket. This winter, bet with the best. Bet with MyBookie. 10-8 on the Zabecast. The fallout from the Philly laydown continues. Urban Meyer wants stupid money to coach the Jags, and John Elway has himself a fall guy. Andy Poland gives me a surprising answer on the chances he thinks the Wolfskins have against Tom Brady. All that plus your grown-ass man. Put down the chicken nuggets. Your 30-minute dose of pure me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. <laughs> Here we go. Yes, indeed. Tanks for nothing. So went the headline in the Philadelphia Daily News. At the same time on Monday morning in the Washington Post, it said, Tanks for everything. (laughs) Wow. And Doug Peterson on Monday spent the bulk of his press conference continuing to try to spin it that this was the right move to try to win the game. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, the fallout continues. I got some hot takes from the Hot Take Factory in Bristol, Connecticut. I'll get Andy Poland's take on it, as well as the entire Wolfskins angle of it, that they are a playoff team, a division winner at 7-9, and and will now catch Tommy Boy and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home in an empty building for the upcoming playoffs. The line is only 6.5. I mean, it's... Oh, it's going to take everything in me not to load the boat on Tampa minus six and a half. But, you know, that's blood money because now I'm rooting actively against my team. And I would be rooting really hard against my team if I had a substantial amount of money. I just don't know how they're going to score points because Tampa's defense doesn't suck. And they are going to come after Alex Smith if he's the quarterback, if he's ready to play. As I tape this on a Monday night, who knows? Who knows how that leg is going to feel come Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and into the weekend. So we shall see about that. All right, before I get to Andy Poland, uh, Christmas gift review. I just wanted to wax poetic about two of my favorite things now. Thing number one is a MacBook Air with the Apple M1 silicon chip inside of it. It is chef's kiss beautiful. For those that don't know, I talked about this in depth with my computer nerds on the Zabecast earlier uh, in December. Yeah, I think early December. Excuse me. 
Gerd is getting better. It's not quite done yet, but still. Just give me another day or two. I got to get over this cold right now. And um, it's just great because what I've realized is the lightness of the MacBook Air is an essential feature of the keyboard, which I know some of you are going to go, duh, just figure that out. Yeah, I guess I did just figure it out. I always thought along the lines of, well, yeah, I could get a lighter, smaller you know, laptop, but I don't travel that much. And when I do travel, am I going to really care that something is 2.4 pounds instead of 1.7 pounds in my backpack as I go through the airport? Answer is no. Ah, aha. Uh-huh. But I was looking at it all wrong. It's the lightness with which you can carry it around the house. It's the lightness with which it sits on your lap. <laughs> Laptop. And it's the convenience of just being able to whisk it up to bed and to fall asleep watching HBO Max on my laptop, on my MacBook Air, in a, on a glorious screen. That's the other thing, man. Watching The Sopranos streaming, even with my substandard streaming numbers, my, my poor, piss-poor internet out here off the grid in undisclosed Western Loudoun, Virginia. Even with that, it's still glorious. And it's just a great computer. The keyboard is great. They fixed the so-called butterfly keyboard problem that they had uh, with the previous generation. And, and the battery lasts forever. That's the other thing about the M1 chip. It is so efficient. The battery lasts forever. You, do, you go days without even charging your laptop. It's, it's just great. I love it. <clears throat> and it'll do a heavy-duty video editing as well if you are a creator or you do podcasts or video editing or whatever. Um, but even if you're just knocking around, I mean, this MacBook Air, I got the cheapest one with the least amount of internal memory, M1 chip, and it was $899. It is, without a doubt, the greatest laptop I've ever had. Okay. Well, except for the fact there's only two st- stupid USB-C ports, but, you know, that's a whole different rant that I've been on before. I do have uh, this dongle here that connects various things. I'll live with it, but still. Okay. That's number one. Number two. The DJI Mini 2. That's it. End the drone search. You will never need or want another drone in your life, pretty much. I mean, you could get another drone. There are drones that do more, that do fancier, that do this, that do that. But this is, this thing is amazing. So it's 249 grams. It's their lightest, smallest drone. And it looks like a damn toy, to be honest with you. And they made it 249 grams because under 250 grams, you don't have to register it with Uncle Sam. Now, not that I'm going to be doing anything nefarious or illegal with it, but it's just one less thing to hassle with. The problem had been in their previous iteration was you make a drone that small, that light, it is going to get knocked around in the wind something fierce. Well, this thing, I don't know how they did it. It's like voodoo. I flew it the other day in fairly significant winds at good altitudes of up to 800 feet, maybe thereabouts. Handled it like a champ. Cinematic, smooth movements. They've they've trimmed the controls. Now, it's possible I'm just getting better at controlling the drone that I've got my moves down. I, I got the touch I get the lever's touch when it comes to flying my drone around. 
But I do think that they they realized there's no reason to set the PAM setting, which would be the left, right, left, right, as you just spin the drone around. There's no reason to set that to super fast as the uh, default. You should set it to slow because then it's easier to make smooth cinematic turns with your drone. And the other thing that's great is that the transmission back to your phone or iPad or goggles if you want to get fancy is so good, I I can't believe it. I sat inside my house and flew around the neighborhood the other day, and I never once came close to losing visual transmission, in part because the new controller, which is larger, it doesn't fold out like the old controller did. Some would say, well, I like the old one. It's smaller, it's lighter. I can pack it in a tighter bag. Okay, true. But this one is less fiddly. And there's a lot to be said about drones when it comes to just not fiddling with shit. You know, the old one, it's like you had to pull it out, you had to put your phone in, and you kind of had to get the wire there, and then you had the antennas and get that up. Okay, all right, we got this set. (laughs) You want to just bang. Okay, let's go. Let's go fly. Let's go, you know, get up in the air. The new Mini 2, and it's $449, I believe. Maybe it's actually I got the Fly More package with the extra batteries and whatnot in the bag. It, it there's no reason to get a bigger drone if you are just an enthusiast like me. Can it fly as far away as some of the other drones? Mm, probably not quite. But it's so small, you think to yourself, do I really want it a kilometer away from me right now? Because <laughs> that's kind of crazy. I don't know. There's always that thing about drones. You get You get your drone up in the air and you're like, all right, let's see how far she goes. And you just start flying and flying and flying, and you're like, wow, I'm out here. Holy shit, man, look at where I'm way away from where I started. And then you start to panic as it's like, oh, losing signal, losing signal. Now it's programmed to co- you know, come to a certain elevation and then to come home if it loses its signal to the controller. And that happens most of the time. <laughs> but you, you get in a panic anytime you start losing either visual connection or the actual controller connection. DJI Mini 2 drone. It's it, That's it. A, it. Just end it. Just like the Mac Mini 13-inch M1 chip. Boom. End of laptops. That's all you're ever going to need if you're a Mac guy, if you're a Windows guy, whatever. And drones, uh, this is my last drone until they make a <clears throat> DJI Mini 3. But for a while, it's going to be my last drone. They're both absolutely fantastic. And as a public service announcement, do not fly over your neighbor's house, which I did when I got busted for it. Uh, we're on very good terms with our next door neighbors, but I, I did get a bit carried away. And they were outside at the time, uh, not doing anything that I was spying on, but I was just like, oh, look, there's there's their, uh, there's new pool. Look at that. And then I get an email. Was that your drone? <laughs> Getter and Josh said, I should have gone, No. No, I had no idea who that was. <laughs> I couldn't lie about it. <laughs> they would see me with the drone at other times. So I had to apologize profusely, which I was embarrassed about. And they're they're true. You know, they're right. It's an invasion of privacy that I wouldn't want myself. All right, let's talk to Andy Poland, everybody, and celebrate a mighty Woofed Skins win and a berth into the National Football League playoffs. Hello. 
You know, the very first year Dan Snyder owned the franchise, they won the division at 9-7, and seven, and he promptly bought a vinyl banner from Kinko's proclaiming themselves NFC East champs and hung it over the entrance to the building. I ask you, Andy Polin, will there be a vinyl banner for our 7-9 and nine triumph this year? Uh, I'll say no, and that's because Ron Rivera has actually been to a Super Bowl. Uh, had he not, uh, I think it's quite possible, yes, there would be another banner there. He is also the uh, first coach to ever record two different 7-9 and nine division championships. He did one in Carolina, and now he's done one here in Washington. No coach has well, ever done that before. Technically, seven, eight, and one in Carolina. Oh, you're yes. right. You're right. Yeah. Seven, eight, and one. Thank you. So, yeah. a seven win championship. I'm calling this one a six and a half and uh, a six and a half and nine season is what this was <laughs> for the Wolfskins because last night was something I have never seen in my life. I ask you, Andy, in your life, as Vern Lundquist would say, have you seen a tank job like that? No, I, I really, you know, can't remember. You know, other than if you're playing a team that has already clinched everything and is resting people for the playoffs, but seemingly when you're playing your last game of the year, your players are going to want to play as hard as they can to win. And uh, Jalen Hurts, while he wasn't, you know, oral world in the time he played, he was giving them some problems and had two touchdowns. He scored their only two touchdowns. Who pulls their younger? healthier, higher-prospect quarterback for a journeyman who was stolen off our practice squad and had not played in years. Yeah, I mean, here's here's Peterson, the coach, who comes out afterwards and says, well, Nate Sudfeld has been here for four years. We thought he deserved some snaps. Deserve? Senior day? You know, <laughs> some guy who's, who's who's been a walk-on on the program for four years and you let him – take a snap so his parents can be happy as uh, mom gets a corsage and everybody takes a picture. Come on. It's the NFL. And then he talks about, he talks about how that was the plan. Oh, that was the plan to get him some time. Like plan. What the fuck are you talking about? It, it, It is just amazing. And yet he is not going to lose his job over it, which I guess means that Jeff Lurie has signed off on it. I guess. Or they ordered it. They said, well, they lose this it. game yes. because we we want to move up three spots in the draft. Those three spots are definitely not worthy of doing something like that. I don't think. I think this is going to have a very corrosive effect on the locker room. I think it's a stain that Peterson will never remove entirely from his resume. Yeah. Yes, he won a Super Bowl. I'll grant you that. But this will be remembered forever. Oh, no question. And I've heard people say that he needs to uh, be fined. They need to take away draft picks. Yeah. I, I don't know how they can do that. I mean, I, I don't know how you can necessarily stop a coach from doing something like this. I mean, you can always claim that you want to take a look at somebody and you want to see how he performs in that situation. Yeah. And, you know, what if he had put in Sudfeld and he actually played well? What if he threw a couple of touchdown passes? I don't know. Well, then what? Yeah. Then, I, then I, I, I don't know. I guess everyone would be, they wouldn't be saying anything, but, but yeah, it didn't work right. out that way. I mean, it, right. but he yeah. clearly downgraded his quarterback position for no reason whatsoever. In right. a juncture in the game in which you're like, wow, Alex Smith is really starting to call, fall apart here. Right. You know, and, and, yeah. and also going for it on fourth and four when like a 25 yard field goal would have tied the game. 
Right. That's another one that, you know, you could analytics it. And that's, you know, something that Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth put on the broadcast there. How about the NFL? Do you think the NFL is mad because they flexed that game and it was just so awful to end the year? Um, I don't know. What, what were the other choices which could have been a, you know, winner-take-all situation? Uh, Did they have anything else? Anything, including a rerun of Heidi. The movie would have been better. <laughs> Because uh, you did have two two major markets, I think that was that played into it too. I know that's yeah. the thing, and I mean, yeah. those that said the NFL's brand was damaged by this, I'm just laughing, thinking, where's the GIF of the guy with the big brick of money and the phone going? I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Um, I mean, the NFL is there. This is not going to even dent them, but I'm sure they weren't totally happy about it. I wonder what the Mara crime family thinks about it given the fact that they whacked the Redskins and yeah. Bruce Allen over the salary cap the one capless year and and uh Bruce Allen buries a lot of dead bodies in that capless year and they're like well you, we didn't mean for it to be a capless year and they hit us with a huge fine yeah well that you know and, and as you know you go in the backstory on that uh had that come along a little bit earlier Maybe they don't make the deal for RG3 and oh, everything, boy. you know, changes. Yeah. But uh, as far as Mara goes and all of Giants Nation, screw you. You won six <laughs> games, okay? Yeah, we won, we won six and a half. Yeah. Like, yeah. to me, I don't think if the Eagles had just tried, they would have beaten us. I right. firmly believe that last night. Right, but but the Giant fans who, who feel know. like they got screwed out of division title with a six and ten record, please yeah, go I away. I know. Well, but okay. So here's here's my problem with that thought. They won six, we won seven. You know what the difference is? Jack shit. And they beat us twice. Mm-hmm. And their quarterback is not stitched together with duct tape and chicken wire. I okay. understand it. And I hate those cocksuckers, the Giants. I hate them. But so, I mean, e- anyway. either either way, you're you're fodder for Brady. Okay, you know, that well was, that's that the was, thing. Yeah, <laughs> that was the Washington Super Bowl, and the Giants had I don't know what. Well, I don't even know what you would call that because they they beat a Dallas Cowboys team with the dumbest coach in America. Oh my who, god! Who, who, who doesn't, doesn't know when to challenge? A clear play. I mean, your, come on, your season's on the line, man. Anytime they're rushing to the line of scrimmage, you should always challenge that. But yeah, right. anyway. So look. Uh, the game was comically bad. It was so on brand for the NFC East and the season that it has been. And now we get sprung into the first round of the playoffs against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And somehow the Bucs are less than a touchdown favorite. I don't understand it. Yeah, playing on the road, you know, and the defense that uh, is good and a quarterback who doesn't do well uh, against heavy pressure. So, you know, there is all that. How are we going to score? We, how are the Wolfskins going to score points? Chase, Chase Young is going to have to put Tom Brady in his pocket and carry him into the end zone. And I guess you get a safety for that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, how, how are they going to score? I, I, I really have no idea. Uh, you know, and, and Alex Smith. You know, it's, it's possible he won't be able to play. I mean, he may have given whatever gas was right. left in the tank, and you're going to have to play Rudy next week. And by the way, all the people who are crying for uh, this guy Heineke to play. And I, I was. I didn't cry for oh, him. Oh, come on. I didn't cry you know, for him. I said, I said I would hook Alex Smith at one point. It was 14-10. 
right yeah. before the touchdown drive that put them ahead for good. Yeah, I mean, even even Joe Theismann, which surprised me, was was calling well, for wait it a on minute. Twitter. What what? Why was that so shocking? Because I I think that at least Alex Smith can make some plays, and a, an example of that was when he drew Philadelphia off. Uh, offsides on fourth right. and one. Right. He can make those plays. Yes, he did have two turnovers. Wasn't one of them wasn't his fault. Tight end fell down. But uh, the the fact of the matter is, he can he can make enough plays to win. Yeah. Whereas this Heineke is is to me a wild card. Yes, a couple of good plays against a prevent defense at the end of a game the week before. But he, I, I don't think you could rely on him for an entire game. Well, I really don't. But here's the thing: you could have brought him in to see how he functions, and then take him out if it's no good, and then go back to Alex. There's okay, no rule throw, against that. Right, but he throws a pick six, and in a game like that. Where Alex almost by. threw a pick six. But did he? <laughs> by the skin of your teeth because of down by contact. Okay, but he didn't. Oh, and that really Christ. wasn't his fault either because it bounced in and oh, out. Oh, yeah, it wasn't his fault. Oh, and then the tight end fell down. Do you know how bad that throw was on the on the interception? Yeah, Logan Thomas fell down. The, the linebacker jumped that shit like it was a <laughs> lollipop. Okay, but maybe Logan Thomas knocks it down if he doesn't fall. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, you don't believe that Taylor Heineke can Tyler, no. Taylor Heineke beat Tom Brady? No, because th- this is what happens all the time. People fall in love with the backup quarterback until he plays, until yeah. he finally has to play. Yeah. Uh, the the defense is sick. I think I saw a stat that said they are ranked number two in yards per game. Yeah. And that's the highest they've been in a long time. Uh, points per game is also outstanding. Their sack totals are as high as they've been in 30 or 40 years. I mean, it's a really good defense. The question is going to be how quickly can they put an offense together to match it? Right. And I think, that, well, the big thing is can they find a quarterback? Because they, they do have some weapons. I mean, Antonio Gibson looks like he's going to be a very good running back. And Terry McLaurin is going to be a star, and they and the offensive line. It's good that they they re-signed the, the center. That's that's good. Um, so I think there's there's some pieces there. But until you have the old trigger man, <laughs> the old trigger uh, man. That's right. You just don't have uh, you know you don't have an offense. Uh, rankings: total offense, Washington thirtieth; rushing offense, twenty sixth; pass offense, twenty fifth; points per game, twenty fifth; turnovers. 27 that's the fourth most so it's bad all around on offense but the defense is pretty damn good we'll see uh i can't imagine alex if alex smith beats tom brady straight up and they walk Mm -hmm. off if i'm sitting here i'm going to close my eyes and dream the biggest dream and alex smith continues to write an amazing (laughs) chapter to his story as they've defeated tom brady and the buccaneers here at fedex field yeah. Oh, it's. Uh, it looked, it, <sighs> I'm dreaming it, it, the dream as I as I envision Tom sharing an embrace with Alex and a pat pat. Good luck in the next round. Oh no no no! Tom doesn't do that. When Tom loses, <laughs> he, right. he, he he goes off the field quickly. He's uh, yeah. He's he's not that way. All right. Will you be buying a T-shirt for this championship? No, that that is, I think, one of the most despicable things that happens in sports these days. When when, when you clinch a division at, at seven and nine and celebrate it with T-shirts and hats, win something, Super Bowl, <laughs> yes, okay, 
championship in basketball or hockey, fine. No, no, I don't like it at all. All right, I'm going to WashingtonFootball.com to see if they are selling merchandise. Yeah, well, do you know that um, Fanatics a week ago had only one jersey that was available for Washington fans celebrating a possible trip to the playoffs? Really? And do you know whose and do you know whose jersey it was? No. Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> <laughs> you could buy it in white, or you could buy it in burgundy, oh, but that was God. it. That's all that was available. Okay. Uh, WashingtonFootball.com. Oh, Pro Shop. All right, this is where it'd be. Oh, there it is. There it is. NFC East champions, and the logo says one not done. W O N, not done. Right. Yeah. That's clever. Doesn't include the record. So there you go. Uh, There'll be no fans next week as well. Uh, And I saw this tweet. This is the first playoff game for Washington since 2015. At least 25% of FedEx Field, an outdoor venue, should be filled with fans if restaurants can allow 25% indoor dining. That tweet was sent by one Robin Ficker? (laughs) You know Robin Ficker, Andy? Tell my vast podcast listening audience who Robin Ficker is. Well, Robin Ficker uh, was probably most recognizable for the uh, yelling that he would do at opposing NBA players who would go to the old Capitol Center in Landover, Maryland. He was a pseudo-professional heckler. Right. Now, he's he's an attorney. Uh, he's run for office a couple of times. He's a bit Meshuggah, but, uh, <laughs> but, but pretty well accomplished. Um, you know, the, the, there's another really good story about Ficker, and it relates to how NFL games are televised. Have I, I've told you that story before, haven't I? Tell me again. Okay, well, uh, until 1973, all home games were blacked out. It didn't matter if the stadium was sold out months in advance. The games were not televised locally within a 50-mile radius. And so in 1972, Washington made the playoffs for the first time uh, and had a home game for the first time in a long time. And they were hosting the Green Bay Packers, and Ficker went to court to try and get an injunction so that the blackout could be lifted and people who couldn't go to RFK Stadium to see the game could watch it at home. Uh, He ultimately lost that. He also went to the Supreme Court to try to get an injunction the following week when they played Dallas in the NFC Championship game and had the support of then-President Nixon to do that because Nixon wanted to watch the game. He wasn't schlepping out to RFK. He lost, but that paved the way for the 72-hour blackout rule, which took effect the following well, Robin season. Robin Ficker 19... is a damn hero, Andy. Yeah, in that regard, he is, but he's also a bit Meshuggah. Well, hey, you take and... the Meshuggah with the hero, as I say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, where are you going to watch the game? Uh, at home, yes. It's, <laughs> okay. it's a night night game. And, night game, uh, right, exactly. Yeah, so probably be in bed. Yeah. Okay, and uh, your hopes again of winning the game are on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being absolute metaphysical certitude, 1 being snowball's chance in hell, what is it? Yeah, it's a 1. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a, a 1. That's yeah. very yeah. realistic. They, they had their Super Bowl. They, they won yeah. the game against Philadelphia. I mean, look, they were 1-5, 2-7. One Come on. Yeah, it's an amazing comeback. So, all right, away we go. We'll see what happens. More NFL on Monday, Doug Marone fired, and they're already doing flight tracker from Columbus, Ohio to Jacksonville, Florida. Urban Meyer is reportedly the front runner, 
and he wants twelve million a year. Would you pay it? Uh, No, I would not. And as far as I know, he doesn't have any NFL experience. Do you know if he has any? Negative. Does no. Okay. And what did we find out the last time in this town when they hired a coach with no NFL experience? And he'd even played in the league, and he had coached in the USFL. Steve Spurrier, a complete disaster <laughs> in making the transition. So I, I, I don't see it. I, Some yeah, coaches I, do well. Like you know, we'll see what Matt Rule does. Matt Rule is the latest, never having been in the pros, straight from college guy. Mm-hmm. Pete Carroll had been in the mm-hmm. pros. Uh, Jim Harbaugh did very well before he flamed out with the Niners. Right. Uh, and then, of course, there is a guy by the name of Jimmy Johnson who did pretty well. True. That that was that was uh, that was an interesting one. He also knew the college talent really well, so he did really well in the draft. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's the, a good example. The, the bad include Chip Kelly, mm-hmm. who started hot. Yeah. Ten and six made the playoffs. Was running that insanely up tempo style of football that everyone said it won't work in the pros, but it was working for a year. And then apparently didn't have the quote emotional intelligence <laughs> in order to relate to the modern pro player. And of course, JD McCoy basically accused him of being a racist. Yeah, right. And and I think that that offense was a gimmick. I think, you know, sometimes you see those things come and go, and that was an example yeah. of that. Uh, Nick Saban did not do well in his well, one and only stint in the pros. He went to the Dolphins in late 2004 after winning the national championship at LSU. Yes, but Saban had NFL experience. He had worked with Belichick in Cleveland. So Right, okay. Yeah, that, that was a little different. All right, and then the sorry, and then there's Steve Spurrier. The ugly includes Dick McPherson, who oh, yeah. is out of Syracuse and went to the <laughs> Patriots. They went six and ten in ninety one, and then two and fourteen in ninety two, and he was fired at the end of two years. Yeah, he, he's the guy uh, best served wearing like an orange blazer, slapping people on the back at Syracuse <laughs> games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was a really at that time the Patriots were a really bad organization too, right. so that didn't help. Uh, Bobby Petrino is listed as one of the uh, disasters, college to yeah. pro. Now he yeah. quit on the Falcons. Of course, kind of integral to the whole story was the fact that Michael Vick was going to prison for fucking dogfighting. So okay. I know, but you but shouldn't you don't quit. quit. Well, no, you shouldn't, well, but yeah, Doug I, Peterson quit. Yeah, he did. I guess you could say that or or carried out a quitting mission. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Riley at Oregon State went to the Chargers. Yeah. And he and was there work. with Ryan Leaf at quarterback, and that didn't work out. So right. Marone is out. Uh, here comes Urban Meyer. Adam Gase is out. Is he one of the worst head coaches in NFL history? Adam Gase. <laughs> Well, he won nine games over two years. Uh, that's not good, but, but it's there have more... been worse. <laughs> You're like Spurrier. It's not too good. Some have been worse, though. Yeah. Well, well I, look, think the, I think the optics of Gase were wrong from the minute they had the opening press conference and he had those eyeballs going crazily up, down, left, right. 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 Was that the uh, the similar to the Zorn uh, maroon and black yes. that he had. I think it was. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it was one of those ones where your heart sinks. It, it was almost a hello wound kind of moment. You're like, <laughs> oh shit, we've hired the wrong guy. 
<laughs> sort of exactly. sort of like the first day of the man cave on team 980 <laughs> somebody said oh shit we've made a huge mistake <laughs> well some of us knew that the mistake had been made before the microphones were open but, i know, you know i know i know you did your best to keep that thing going you were a pro's pro in that regard uh, and then John Elway. Oh, and then Anthony Lynn is out in San, Di- San Diego, in L.A. with the yeah. Chargers. That job is very attractive given both the city, the new stadium, and the quarterback you'll inherit in Justin Herbert. Yeah, I think that's the big one. You got a quarterback, and they got some pretty good – they got one of the Boses there, don't they? So yes. they, they've got some players. Yeah. And, uh, and and Lynn, did, he won his last four games. Now, they had some – unbelievable collapses they always the lose the season. anthony but, lynn bless his heart he, when it came time to close he couldn't do it he was uh yeah. he was fredo dropping the gun in the street in the <laughs> yeah, godfather much, <laughs> 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 oh god and john elway is stepping down as gm oh, no, in no, no, no. denver he, he's not stepping down oh he's stepping up, up. <laughs> so he's going further into the front office and is hiring somebody to take the heat when he can't hire a quarterback as Elway couldn't accept for Peyton Manning. So this is this is unbelievable muscle flexing by a legend. And, you know, he's, he's the greatest legend in the history of the team and went out with the greatest exit back-to-back Super Bowls. But realistically, he should be fired. Right, I, with what yeah, he's done, yeah, and, but and he he's not happening. He's he's, he's promoted himself. I know. Well, say he's a legend. They say he's a legend in Denver, and for that sure. you get to suck for ten years. I mean, his one good move was convincing his boy Peyton Manning to come, and other than that, he just finally he said, you know, I'm not very good at this. <laughs> let me, well, let me let somebody else pick the guys. Years ago, look look up the record if if you get a chance of Bart Starr when he was the head coach of the Packers. He was horrible for about seven or eight years, and he lived off the fact that he had been this, you know, quarterback legend there. But as a head coach, he was terrible. And then when he got fired, deservedly so, like three years late, he went into a big snit and didn't talk to anybody in the organization for a few years until you know somebody mended the fences. Yeah. So you know you can you can live off of that kind of thing. Yeah. All right. Uh, one last thing in the NFL. Do you think you're going to like, love, or not really like the triple headers Saturday and Sunday? Or is this now going to be the great new way that we do this? Well, I, I think what it's going to do for somebody like me. Now, I will watch all three games on Saturday because Washington's playing at night. But I'm not a night person. And I just I can't see investing in three games two straight days. That That just doesn't seem to... For me, I mean, and I'm I'm pretty hardcore, so it's going to be interesting to see huh. how how the fan base you know waters down a little bit. They're still going to get great numbers. The sure. NFL is king, yeah. and and if they can find a way to cram in a fourth game, they'll do that too. You know, they'll play a, a game in London if they have to. Yeah. But the reality is, is you know, you reach a point where there's saturation. I think they've done that. Yeah. Last ad. Dan Lebetard is finally out at ESPN. Did his last radio show today. Mm-hmm. And I feel sad because, you know what, I think that's the end of any unique, genuine radio talent at ESPN. Yeah, they, they don't encourage that. They uh, they like people who uh, walk the straight line, the Greenberg line. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's that. And also, they don't value long-term 
radio presence. Like, you know, they should have found a spot for Mike Golick. He was on the air for 20 years there, and he didn't want to leave, and they told him to leave. Levitard was on for a long, long time and had developed a, a following, but they just churn and burn. They keep making changes. And, Golick got uh, forced out after 20 years because I saw his big send-off at the Fiesta Bowl. They gave him a cake. Well, he, he was part of the morning show, which they changed. They, right. uh, he was doing it with Trey Wingo, who didn't want to continue to do it. But Golick said he wanted to continue. He was doing it with his son. What I would have done is I just put the two of them together. I would have done Golick and Golick because uh, his son's good. But they decided not and didn't want to do that. So now they got Keyshawn Johnson, uh, Jay Williams, and Zubin Mahenti uh, as your threesome. And uh, and then uh, Greenberg, who was from 12 to 2, is now shifting into the Levitard spot. Right. And they've got, uh, I don't know, Alan Hahn and uh, uh, Just a former... bunch of randos. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. uh, like yeah. the, the notion that they're trying to do actual sports radio with real personalities and yeah. build real followings that build and carry on from year to year is completely gone. It is now just a generic here. Here's somebody who got our memo today on what we're talking about. LeBron's triple-double last night. Good. Spend a segment on it. Right? Right. And and what it is is you find ex-jock A with TV anchor B. Like, there's no exclusively radio people And box-checking minority C. (laughs) Bing, bang, boom. (laughs) There you go. And then they have a series of, of experts who come on TV and go through what they call the car wash there on radio. And they appear on all the shows. Yeah. And, and a guy who, who, who's best known for stepping out of the end zone as quarterback at the Lions is suddenly a big star in Dan Orlovsky. I, I, I don't get it. Nice. Andy, I'd like to drive my van over to your side of the river and do a special show with maybe me, you, and Naki, if that's possible, to sort of s- recap some of our best battles on the sports reporters. Would you be up for that? I would love that, although Naki's in Virginia, isn't he? Well, we'll figure out a way to get him over. Okay. Yeah, I'm in. Would you be comfortable in my van, maskless, for an hour? Can I wear my mask? No, I'm not doing that. (laughs) If I set up in your house six feet apart, would you be comfortable without masks there? Well, I'd be comfortable six feet apart from you. I've had okay. my flu shot. And my doctor says that's Andy, helpful. Andy, COVID nobody's too. getting COVID's not getting to you. <laughs> no, you, that's the last person to worry about. All right, Andy. <laughs> as of, as always, a pleasure. Thank you, buddy. All right, Dave. See you. Quick end on some Rona Roundup here. Doc Rivers. Jesus, man. Shake yourself. Doc Rivers said on playing in front of fans in Orlando, listen, I don't want to take a shot at any state, but my God, yesterday I was under my bed. I was so scared. People were walking around like there's nothing here. I've been pretty surprised how open and maskless this place is. Oh, for the love of God. Really, Doc? You were Glenn? Can I call you a Glenn? You were under your bed? You were so scared? Now, I'll grant Doc this. He is subject to more scrutiny. And, you know, he is obviously going to have to, you know, keep cleaner than the average citizen because of the fact that, you know, he would be required to, you know, uh, quarantine with his team and blah, blah, blah. But to say that shit just, oh, God, it makes me wonder, does he really believe that? Was he really scared just to be in Florida or is he saying it? 
as a joke? Was he saying it to seem tuned into things? I don't know. As I've said, I've been feeling under the weather the last three or four days. I believe it's just the cold. Um, You know, symptoms are cold-like. Are they corona-like? Not really. Doesn't mean anything, though. I mean, I could have no symptoms. I could have coronavirus. Same thing for my daughter, who's had a a pretty unfortunate cold for the last couple days. She's in good spirits and still bopping around, whatever. And, of course, my wife was saying, well, you sure you don't want to get tested? And I said, no. I said, then what? I get tested, then what? I said, I'll just assume I'm positive. How about that? Stay away from me. Because I'm not going to lock myself in a room for 14 days. And then have everyone else, well, you got to go get a test. And you got to go get a test. And who did you see, when, where, and blah, blah, blah. And then I'm sending 20 people off to get a test. But that's what you're supposed to do to stop the spread. Hey, man, the spread ain't being stopped, brother. Virus gonna virus. Look around. Look at the charts of the states that are trying the hardest to stop the spread. They're failing. It's impossible. It's everywhere. It's going wherever it wants. It'll run on its own schedule. There's nothing that can be done. So, no, I'm not getting a test. Well, I'll get a test. There. Uh, Positive. Okay. Stay away from me. They can test me for COVID when I'm dead of COVID. How about that? Put me on the pile. On the vaccine front, how's that going? Well, I'm sure you people who uh, watch the news and read your own news sources know that it's eh, it's not going great. <laughs> We're well behind the 20 million Americans that the Director of Health and Human Services said they targeted to have vaccinated by the end of the year. I think the last number I saw of about a week ago was about, about 3 million. I'm sorry, you said three. they were trying to get 20 million? And they had three? Yeah. Uh, And that's, of course, in a nation of 340 million. Not that everyone's going to get the vaccine. Speaking of not everyone getting the vaccine, some alarming numbers from people refusing the vaccine. 60% of nursing home staff in New York have refused the vaccine so far. Bonuses are now being offered of $700 to $1,000 in some hospitals for workers to get the bonus. Interesting. And then there's the first dose, second dose thing, because, you know, it's only the first dose needs a booster in about three weeks time. And there has been some debate about, so do we hold a bunch of doses to give them to the first group of people that we've already given one dose to, or do we just get as many out there as possible? Well, Turns out that some states, like Florida, have decided, you know what, we're getting every vaccine dose we have into every available arm as soon as possible, and they're targeting 65 and older. A number of states have laughably vaccinated less, like of their total vaccinations, let's say they've given out 10,000 vaccinations. I think Massachusetts was in this group, and uh, another state, Illinois, was in this group. They had only, you know, taken... 3% or something like that of 75 plus. So of the most vulnerable group of people who need the vaccine more than anybody, that's the older cohort, 65 plus, 75 plus, the percentage of 75 plus who have gotten the vaccine of the total number of, you know, arm pricks, as they're calling it, three fucking percent. Wow. 
And then there's more stories that make you go, what the hell is going on here? Uh, For example, in D.C., okay, uh, here we go. Sorry, scrolling up. I had this all had this all organized. Okay, 64% of Washington, D.C.'s appointments to get the first dose of a COVID vaccine are currently unbooked. This according to today's briefing by Mayor Muriel M. Bowser. In other words, writes one, one on Twitter, government literally cannot even give life-saving medicine away for free effectively. Now, I'm going to cut the government a tiny bit of slack in this regard. A lot of people just are not interested in getting the vaccine for a variety of reasons. So that's something the government will never be able to conquer unless they try to force it. And then, boy, oh boy, do we have a fight on our hands. Of course, corporate America and the travel industry and obviously the sports industry is going to try to strong arm people into doing it. My prediction is that ultimately will fall apart because eventually people are just going to be like, I'm just not doing it. I don't need to go to a concert that bad. I don't need to go to a game that bad. And these you know, performers and concert venues and sports leagues are not going to willingly cut their potential market in half or two-thirds because of a vaccine requirement on down the road in June, July, August, September, October of next year, you name it. But yeah, that's what's going. So I'll give the government a little bit of a break there. The other problem is, well, it's just a huge task. And you got a two-dose vaccine that requires one and then another one three weeks later. This will fall apart sort of like the contact tracing has fallen apart, right? How's contact tracing going? Has anyone checked in on that? That was going to be our key to winning this pandemic. Apparently, that hasn't happened. Or apparently, that's falling apart as well. There's so many cases. How can you trace them all? I think I'm doing my duty by actually not causing them to have to go trace people in case I am positive, which I don't think I am. don't think I am. might be, but I gave myself a self-positive and I am isolating currently in my office. All right, let's end on something happy, shall we? Sam Howell, quarterback, North Carolina. NFL prospect, handsome fella, good athlete, great athlete, could play on Sundays, has apparently never eaten a steak. What? In an interview, Howell admitted that since childhood, he's only ever eaten chicken, mostly chicken nuggets and chicken tenders. (laughs) That's fine for a four-year-old, but you're a grown-ass man. Why don't you branch out just a bit? Hal, though, has said, look, I don't see any need to deviate. Says he won't get anywhere near seafood and claims to have never had a bite of steak or even so much as a hamburger. I know some parents who have kids who have developed sort of a permanent childlike eating palate. And no, that's not me. My eating is not as bad as people make it out to be. I will eat fish. I just had a bowl of tomato soup today. See, I'll at least have that. I'll have mashed potatoes. I'll have corn. I mean, I have things that are vegetable adjacent, just not real vegetables. 
Anyway, I think you should live a little bit and have something more than chicken nuggets or chicken tenders because that, my friends, is no way to live. All right, that'll do it for me today. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to Andy for picking up the phone and talking some wolfskins with me. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. Spread the word about the Zabecast. Rate and review so we can please our algorithmic overlords. And I will see you next time. It is the most wonderful time of the year for a year that can't end soon enough. We all deserve a win. We all deserve a little extra money in our pocket. And we all deserve to have a little fun. Well, the best place to get all three is mybookie.com. They're the only sports book that doesn't care whether you were naughty or nice this year. They've got gifts for everyone. Bet the NFL, NBA, college football, and more. College basketball, too. Sign up today and receive the ultimate stocking stuffer, a 50% deposit bonus up to $1,000. That's a great place to start, but we all know Christmas is about what's under the tree. And at MyBookie, that means huge deposit bonuses, epic giveaways, and free contests. It's simple. Sign up, enter promo code ZABE, and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Head over to MyBookie to make the most of the holidays this year and strut into 2021 with cash in your pocket. This winter, bet with the best. Bet with MyBookie.